Sunday School this morning, talking about the Holy Spirit once again. Four weeks, five weeks ago, maybe, on a Wednesday night, I did one lesson on the Holy Spirit, and we really just covered the basics about what the Holy Spirit was, what his jobs, his functions are, that he is a member of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. He's equal, um, equal, but yet not the same. And uh, kind of a paradox there, but um, anyway, uh, he's not in essence. He is an actual person. We look through scripture at those. And so if you are interested, you missed that lesson, you could maybe look back on Facebook, YouTube, probably on the uh, church podcast as well. And you can listen to that if you're interested in a little bit of this. So this lesson is going to be something maybe some of you have not really heard or uh, been taught a lesson about the Holy Spirit and what was his job and his functions, function in the Old Testament. Because it is different, somewhat different, than his ministry to us now. And we're going to look through, this is all going to be Bible-based. This is not going to be Chris's uh, opinion, and you can be thankful for that. But we're going to go look through Scripture. And again, this is nothing new that I've sat through and I've... um, you know, came up with on my own. I'm using very reliable resources to get a lot of the information, not just one, but many resources. And if you're ever interested in doing a deep dive into uh, this topic or whatever else I teach, let me know. And I'll be happy to send you all the resources that I have for those things and uh, that you can study it. So let's, let's get into it. The functional Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. There are roughly... 100 references to the Spirit of God in the Old Testament. Uh, they show evidence of his working during that period. We can be confident that the Holy Spirit was at work, although it seems like we come across his ministry more in the New Testament. But we'll see what Jesus has to say about that and why that is probably the case. But there is no doubt that the Holy Spirit was at work in certain ways during the Old Testament. <clears throat> Not only does the Old Testament talk about the Holy Spirit's ministry, but the New Testament references back to it as well. We have an Acts 7.51 for context of what this is about. This is Stephen preaching, and Stephen had a short ministry, saved, full of the Holy Ghost, preaching, and right after he preached his first message is when he was stoned. And But uh, he was the first martyr after uh, the day of Pentecost there. And uh, regardless, this is what he says. Ye stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, ye do always resist the Holy Ghost as your fathers did, so do ye. And in this passage, he was referencing the Israelites when they were in Egypt, and he goes back throughout their heritage and starts back with Abraham and talks about how God called him out and goes through Abraham's children to Joseph going down to Egypt, the Israelites going into slavery there, and eventually God raising up Moses, Moses uh, choosing uh, to suffer with God's people rather than enjoy uh, the riches riches there that are in Egypt. Moses comes back after uh, 40 years in Midian, and God uses him greatly to deliver God's people. And as he leads them out, we find through the book of Exodus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, uh, parts of Leviticus as well, that the people had been 
rejecting the teaching of Moses. And it wasn't just that it was Moses' teaching. Because who was Moses? Moses was a nobody outside of God. It wasn't really until God got a hold of him that he started really doing something. And so when the people resisted Moses, who were they really resisting? They were resisting the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit was the one that spoke to Moses and said, Moses, go tell the people this. That's why Moses would speak with the phrase, thus saith the Lord. And so even back then, the people were resistant to the Holy Spirit and his leading. And they opposed the message, which was brought by the authority of God through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Now, some of these things were written down for them, but when a prophet spoke, Moses or the other prophets, when they spoke with thus saith the Lord, they were declaring that this was inspiration from the Holy Spirit. Not that it was of their work, but it was of the, the Lord's. And so the Holy Spirit was at work in the Old Testament. Let's see his work in creation. There's about four areas that he worked in. Um, some say five, maybe if you include the life and ministry of Jesus. I tend to to put that more in the New Testament, uh, even though we know things changed drastically after uh, the book of, um, in Acts chapter 2 with Pentecost. But uh, regardless, I'm leaving that ministry in the life of Jesus out of this. Um, so there are about four things. The Spirit's work in creation. The Spirit was involved in creation. Here's some evidence for that. We have a few verses here in Isaiah chapter 40, 12 through 14. Who hath measured the waters in the hollow of his hand? and meted out heaven with the span, and comprehended the dust of the earth in a measure, and weighed the mountains in scales, and the hills in a balance. I'm about you, but our God is great. You can just sit back and you can just fathom how he created everything that we see, and it's just amazing. I love explaining it to my children. He just spoke it? Yeah. He just spoke it, and it happened. And anyway... Verse 13, who hath directed the spirit of the Lord, or being his counselor, hath taught him? With whom he took counsel, and who instructed him, and taught him in the path of judgment, and taught him knowledge, and showed to him the way of understanding. There are about seven verses in the Old Testament that speak of the spirit's work in creation. I won't go uh, through every one of them, but here are a few. Um, some talk about the planning, uh, like this one. The Holy Spirit's uh, part in the planning of the universe. If we go to Colossians, we know that Jesus made all things. All things were created by him. Same thing in John and uh, many other a few other places in Scripture reference Jesus as well. The entire Trinity was at work during the creation process. Um, but he participated in the creation of the earth. We could go back to the second verse in the Bible, Genesis 1-2. The Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Um, that's one reference there. He worked in creating animals, Leviathan. We could go to Psalm 104.30. Thou sendest, sendest forth thy spirit, they are created, and thou renewest thy face of the earth. Um, creation of man, we got some references to that in Job. It says, all the while my breath is in me, and the spirit of God is in my nostrils. Chapter 33 says, the spirit of God hath made me, and the breath of the Almighty hath, hath given me life. So, the Holy Spirit was involved in creation. We don't often think about him in that capacity, but in some extent, he was. Moving on, this is a great thing to talk about. This is one of my uh, favorite parts because we're talking about the validity of the Bible. The Spirit's work in revelation, God revealing himself to us, 
and then through the inspiration of Scripture as well. The teaching that the Holy Spirit was the agent of revealing and recording God's message to man in the Old Testament is clearly taught in the Old Testament and the New Testament. What is inspiration? We often use the phrase, if you have been to any discipleship course, and I'm sure you folks got into this as well, God breathed. God breathed. At some point that gets covered. Um, when we refer to that these men who penned the Word of God, that they were inspired, we are not saying that they were just had some sort of an enlightenment, that they were motivated to do so. You know, every once in a while I'll get inspired to do something. I don't know what happens. Uh, I'll get inspired to go and fix things around my house. Sometimes I'm not inspired. Every once in a while I get inspired. Fix all those things Heather tells me to do. That's not the case uh, with this. This is different. This is the Holy Spirit actually telling these people what to write. And they were used as instruments through the hand of God to write what we have. And it's utterly important that we understand that. And look, for instance, at 2 Peter 1.21. This is from the New Testament. Peter's writing, and he's talking about how we can trust that the Bible is of God. And it's not created by random thoughts of man, but it actually came from a holy and true God, for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Why is it important that it came from God and not from man? First off, it would just be like any other religious book that is out there. I mean, really, what do men know? You think about how much science has changed over the years. We got Paul Chilson, he's a teacher here, and I mean, it's probably comical how often things flip back and forth. Is Pluto a planet or is it not? Is it? What is it right now? It's a dwarf planet. Okay, so it's different now. I just call it a planet. I'm sticking with the old school. But things change. And what do men really know in their small, minuscule lives of, I mean, at most 100? Not much. And again, when we see the Bible, how it's all fitly joined together and connected, we can't but deny that it was God's working. Hopefully, in the next few weeks or so, sometime I was talking to Pastor Bill this morning, and I've been uh, going over uh, preparing for a lesson on the preservation of Scripture. And it should be pretty interesting, especially how the Jews uh, were, they were the ones that were equipped for the task and how they went through a lot of effort to make sure it was preserved. But it's definitely of God's doing. It's a miracle. And we can't read through the Bible and see how it all flows together just perfectly. And it's been preserved for us and doubt that God was not involved in it. And so it's important that the Holy Spirit was the agent that was in work, um, at work in the inspiration of the Scriptures. Another verse here. 2 Samuel 23, 2, from the Old Testament. The Spirit of the Lord spake by me, and his word was in my tongue. This comes from David, who outrightly claimed that these were not his words, but that they were God's word. And throughout the Bible, we see men who claim, thus saith the Lord. By the way, we need preachers today who say, thus saith the Lord. I'm not talking about new inspiration, because I believe the canon of Scripture is closed. Um, some people refer to Revelation 22, verse 18, when John writes at the end of it, um, you know, anyone who adds or takes away from any part of this book, you know, the same plagues that were written in it shall be, you know, cursed upon those people. I paraphrase that. 
that was not under inspiration. Um, that was paraphrasing. And I don't know. That's a little bit maybe a stretch to, to refer to the entire Bible, but definitely he was talking about the book of Revelation, which seems to be the accumulation of everything that had been written. It has a beginning, it has an end, it has a middle, it has its whole parts. That's why when uh, uh, the Mormon, Mormon guy, Joseph um, Smith, you know, wants to introduce a new Bible or a new, a new book into the canon of Scripture, no, reject it. But preachers today can confidently say, thus saith the Lord, on any issue that comes our way. Because we're still referring back to the good old book. Not that new information has come to us, but that we're still getting it from the Word of God. Most pastors, they don't preach like that. They don't preach the Bible. They skirt around the edges. It's the whole truth. Nothing but the truth, so help us God. Well, it's, in, it's important for us, again, as I mentioned, that we know scriptures came from God, not devised of man. Even Jesus, when he was debating the Pharisees, he referenced back to Psalm 110, and, and he mentioned that David wrote this under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Um, he attributed it to the Holy Spirit. Peter, as well, referenced the Old Testament, Psalm uh, 41. He says in Acts 1, 16 and 17, he says, Men and brethren, this is Peter saying in Acts 1, just in case you missed it, what I was saying. Um, he was saying in Acts chapter 1, referencing back to a passage in Psalm 41, he says, Men and brethren, the scripture must needs have been fulfilled, which the Holy Ghost by the mouth of David spake before uh, concerning Judas, which was guide to them that took Jesus, for he was numbered with us and had obtained part of of this ministry, he was referencing back that Judas was a part of the um, the twelve disciples, but he departed and was not really one of them. And that's when they chose to elect a new apostle, Matthias. You probably know the story on that. But he attributes to what David was writing prophecy about that uh, to the Holy Ghost that it didn't come of David. And again, later. Peter also references Psalm chapter 2 was given under the inspiration of David. In Acts 4, he says, who by the mouth of David said. So we see that the Holy Spirit was definitely at work when it comes uh, to the inspiration of Scripture. What you may have noticed as well is those two verses that we went over, those are two of the Bible doctrine memory verses that these men memorize and get up and quote on Sunday night. The verses that those guys are memorizing are of utmost importance. I mean, they're sharpening their sword when they do that. And uh, it's just amazing. And so it's important. What I can say is memorize scripture, especially those verses in there. And you'll be glad that you did. The Holy Spirit's work in relation to people. Now, this is where it differs a little bit from the New Testament. The Spirit's ministry to people in the Old Testament time was not the same as it has been since the day of Pentecost. In John 14, 17, this is Jesus' words. He says, Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. We have to pay attention to the exact wording that he says there. Ye know him. So he's involved in some extent. He dwelleth with you. Okay, But at that point in time, the Holy Spirit was not indwelling the disciples, nor had he been permanently indwelling other believers um, in the Old Testament time um, before the day of Pentecost there. But Jesus was describing what was going to happen. So 
it is different. It was different, I should say. And so Jesus repeatedly spoke of the coming of the Spirit, who, as we see, he was already present, but his work was going to differ when he came after Jesus left. Jesus said when he has come, he's going to reprove the world of sin and righteousness of judgment of sin because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Oh, of sin because they believe not on me. I think that's what it was. Um, of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more. And of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. And that the Holy Spirit, because Jesus was not here any longer, the Holy Spirit was going to work in the hearts of people as he worked in your heart to bring you to the place of salvation. And I'll show you the righteousness of Christ after he left. So there was a difference in, in his ministry. As we continue on under the same thought here of the third job of the, or ministry, I should say, of the Holy Spirit during the Old Testament, um, the nature of this work. Well, he was in certain ones, in certain people. We see that Pharaoh recognized that the Spirit was in Joseph in Genesis 41. It says, And Pharaoh said unto his servants, Can we find such a one as this, a man whom the Spirit of God is? Now, did Pharaoh actually know it was the Spirit of God? Um, but through the revelation of Scripture, we do find that that was the case, and it was put in there so that we could see it and we could learn that. Um, we have Joshua as well, Numbers 27, 18. And the Lord said unto Moses, Take thee, Joshua, the son of Nun, a man in whom the, is the Spirit, and lay thy hand upon him. So they were looking, God was looking for someone to take Moses' place, and Joshua was the guy. He was full of the Spirit. The Spirit of God was dwelling with him. And there are a few uh, references as well um, where in the Old Testament we see where someone was filled uh, with the Spirit. And again, even in the New Testament, we come to Acts chapter 6, they were looking for uh, the first deacons there to take over the ministry, to help serve uh, the widows and such. They would look for seven men that were full of the Holy Ghost. So some similarities, but not the same. And there is no inclination that every single person who was a believer, we would say, that believed in um, God and that God was going to send a Messiah. There's no inclination uh, necessarily that every single person uh, had that uh, filling or presence of the Spirit in their life. Daniel was another one. The Spirit was in Daniel. It says, this. Uh, then this Daniel was preferred above all the presidents and princes because of an excellent spirit was in him, and the king thought to set him over the whole realm. The Spirit came upon some. Again, even back in uh, Exodus, we see uh, the man that was building the tabernacle, uh, Bezalel, that he was filled with the Spirit and wisdom. Very similar referencing to Acts chapter 6, verse 3, what I just talked about. I mean, almost the same wording, filled with the Holy Ghost, I believe, and wisdom, just like Acts 6, 3 says. But uh, regardless, seems like he was filled and anointed for a special task or for a special service, which was to help uh, build the tabernacle there and uh, be orchestrated over all that. We see as well uh, the judges, Samson. The spirit, you read through the story of Samson, those few chapters, and you see the Spirit of God uh, was with him. And we also see that the Spirit of God left him at times. So again, and there was no guarantee of permanence in that whatsoever. And, and Saul as well. Saul when he took over uh, the ministry of being king, he was filled with the Spirit, or the Spirit of the Lord was with him. And we see by his rebellion that eventually God sent another spirit to uh, torture him. 
So it was limited as to eternality, meaning it was not uh, something that was it was not something that was uh, permanent. And so, last thing about that, there seemed to be no guarantee of the permanent presence of the Spirit in the Old Testament. I don't know how they functioned. I can't imagine what it would be like. We're believers. We have the Holy Spirit of God dwelling in us. At a later point, we're just about out of time, but at a later point, maybe next week or so, I'll talk about the Spirit's work in the New Testament. And having had the Holy Spirit personally work and dwell and live inside and enable us and empower us and fill us, I can't imagine what it'd be like if he wasn't. And so I don't, I'm not really sure how that all worked with them. Uh, but let's look at real quick the extent of his work. And this is the final uh, section of this last slide here. It was limited as to people. Um, after God chose Israel to be his people, the Spirit's work was with that group primarily. Israel, of course, was a spiritual mixed nation with unbelievers as well as uh, believers. There's no indication, as I uh, hinted on before, that the Spirit convicted the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment in the Old Testament time as he does today. And again, it was lim limited as kind of ministry. Uh, no ministry really of conviction and dwelling, sealing, or empowering. When it referred back to, just to make note of it, when it referred back to that uh, ye stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart, ye do resist the Holy Ghost even as your father did, that was referring to Moses' word under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. This was God's word to those people. Um, so didn't seem to be the exact case. Um, Jesus referenced, Jesus said in Acts 5, before his, ascension, he, for, for, before his ascension, he said, For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost, and not many days hence. So things were about to change drastically and in a good way. And we see what's happened since the Holy Spirit has been at work in the lives of people since after the day of Pentecost and the gospel has spread literally around the world. You can go just about anywhere in the world and find Christians, find believers, and distributed to the work of the Holy Spirit. And so, anyways, hopefully that uh, was a help to you and blessing to you and that in the future you'll be able to differentiate uh, the work of the Holy Spirit between the different dispensations. So let's pray, and we'll be dismissed. We're thankful for your word, and we thank you for the hard work that so many men have put uh, into these topics and these studies over the years, and how we're just reaping the benefits. We're standing on their shoulders of all their hard work, and we get to go in just a matter of a few hours, compile lessons uh, such as this, that are able to help uh, God's people understand uh, your word. We're so thankful for that. Um, we thank you for the Holy Spirit, how he's at work in our lives and seals us and empowers us for your service. May we not grieve him. And we thank you for these two folks who are going to be baptized this morning. We're thrilled about it. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.